They're so glad that you are. <laughs> so sorry. That's a, he's just going to cut that right out. Yeah. I'm not a sinner, Father. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, statistics show that the three to six percent of parishes are an evangelization parish. Yes. Everything you're talking about here is like leading people to Jesus Christ. We're, yes. We're focused on CCD. We're focused on youth ministry. Sure. We're focused on ourselves, but not outward. Uh, so exactly. So how do we reverse that? How do well, we get first of all, the people, bring them in and versus, oh, you're here, uh, you know, whatever. If a priest and the people know Jesus, they're going to naturally do that, evangelize. Right. right. But if they don't, and that's why to me, the best way to really get to know Christ is in prayer, of course, but you really need to make a retreat. Mm. And if you can spend three days away so you can listen to God in silence, in right? silence mm. and you can also, but maybe have people who are speaking, like I have this retreat called Divine Mercy Encounter. Mm. So it starts th a Friday morning and then it goes on till Sunday. And we're going to be putting that so everybody can do it throughout the world. You know, and, uh, but it's about having this encounter with Jesus. And so you'll have high school kids get up and talk about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And then when other high school kids see that, they think, whoa, you know, they expect me to talk about Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. They expect the religious ed teachers and the people say, and you know, if you, and just so you know, if you uh, mismatch or going to hell, like we had a great couple, but they were, oh my gosh, they used to teach uh, natural family planning. Mm. So the very first thing they got up there and said every time they gave the talk was just to get this out of the way. If you use artificial birth control, you're going to hell. Mm. And then they, well, People turned them off immediately. It's done. You know, and so, but often that's the way we did. And so kids turn us off immediately. Now, yeah. again, the same time, I was looking at all these high school kids that were there last night. Well, as many as they were there. Everybody's paying close attention. But the one guy on the left is head down, not paying any attention uh -huh. to me at all. So you, you always know that you can't reach everybody. Right. Sure. But you're trying to talk about bringing them into intimacy with Jesus. So first of all, I really think in the Catholic Church that we are a clerical church. There's no way out of it. Once I was at our men's, one of the first men's conferences at the leadership, and one of the Catholic speakers got up and he says to everybody while well, I'm standing there, which wasn't real smart, he <laughs> says, the, the priests and the bishops have failed us. We must take over the church. And I'm standing there. Well, first of all, I haven't failed anybody. Second of all, uh, if you try to take over the church that's already been done it's called protestantism yes, right. you're a protestant mm. we have to do it with the priests and the bishops yeah, and amen. clergy there's no way around it amen. but i really think that the priests and clergy we need a new pentecost yes. because mm. when the like that's why if i do a parish mission i'll come in and i'll do two hours a night for four nights i the priest has to sign the pastor has to sign a document saying he will be there every night of the mission, and Good. so will all the staff. Good. Why? Because if I set the people, or the Holy Spirit uses me to set the people on fire, but the pastor could care less. He takes a wet blanket and he throws it over the yeah. people. Yeah. If the pastor and the priests are on fire with Jesus, then the people will be on fire with Jesus, Amen. and then we'll be an evangelizer. So I'm always telling people, instead of cursing the priest and saying how bad they are, you got to sit there and pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon them because we can't do it for our own power. It always, again, like I always say, Wesley said it years ago, and I use it all the line all the time. When I go to preach, I always pray the Holy Spirit. So last night, pray the Holy Spirit. Let me get out of the way. Just make me say what you want me to say. And then the Holy Spirit sets me on fire. 
and people come to watch me burn. Mm -hmm. And so what has to happen is then we set them on fire and then they can go and send other people on fire. But that has to happen. So it has to happen for the uh, conversion of the clergy first, because again, today it's the clergy. It brings more division than unity often today. And our role is the prayer and the fasting. Exactly. Prayer and fasting. And again, because all priests, they wouldn't be a priest if they didn't have that desire. Sure. But again, what the call I always think is, the Lord reminds me again and again in Revolution, is you do all these great things in revolu- Revolution. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> Revolution, same reality. Yeah, pretty much. So it says, you've done all this. You've been strong in the faith. Uh, I hold this against you. You have fallen from your first love. And so what happens to us priests is we can get so involved in keeping our parish going, making sure the building looks good, making sure the numbers are up, that we forget that my first love got to be Jesus. The teach, govern, and sanctify. The govern part, would you say? Govern's very good. And even the teaching part, we get that. We don't teach from us. We teach from, like I said yesterday in uh, our Phoenix on Saturday, I says, listen, too often Catholic speakers give you their opinion. Mm. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm not going to tell you who to like and not like. I'm going to tell you what Jesus Christ is calling you to do. And so, uh, like it or not, people... That's the, the way it's going to have to be. Mm-hmm. And so that the priests in that, we got to be sitting there saying, you know, this is, uh, this is what Jesus is calling you to do. And I often think, like all my homilies, all my talks, for the last 33 years, I never sit down and plan out a homily, mm. never plan out a talk. I always pray the Holy Spirit, and then uh, the Spirit of God convicts me, and then I convict the people that I'm going to speak to. I'm sure it turns out better that way, right? Well, of course. And it, uh, because, because now it's anointed. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah. from God himself. It's mm-hmm. not me trying to make people laugh or tell on a joke or whatever it is. But that can't happen unless I'm in daily prayer mm-hmm. first. And so that's so why I talk about I get up at 3.55 in the morning. I do my holy hour. I go to Man. Planet Fitness. You get up early. And then uh, yeah, it's late. And then yeah. I have Mass at 7 a.m. But now I've done everything I need to do for me. Mm-hmm. Worked out and prayed, spiritual and physical. So now the rest of the day I can give to other people. Amen. And so that's why I tell people, well, Father, I just don't have time to pray. I said, well, then wake up earlier. Well, I can't do that. Oh, so what do you wake up for every day? Do you wake up for money? So you can go to work? Do you wake up for your family, which is good? Or do you wake up for what? Why don't you wake up for God? So now your whole life is based on God, and you prove it by the way and who you wake up for every day. And then the rest of the day you can give to everybody else because you've been filled with God himself. Mm. So again, so the whole thing, that's why I'm saying we need this conversion of heart. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We really need revival in the church again, Mm. but not revival the way Protestants call revival. Revival about... My people know, hear my voice. They're listening to God. They want to be holy. They want to be saints. They don't want anyone to be damned. They want to go to heaven. You know, they want everybody to go to heaven. Again, often people say, Father, aren't you afraid of damnation? I have no fear of damnation. Do I deserve damnation? Absolutely, positively. But Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for my sins. And if I'm seeking his will, I don't have to be constantly afraid of, well, he's going to damn me forever. Mm. You mean the guy who went to the cross for me and died for my Mm. sins? Is that the same guy we're talking about? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, again, we like I talked about last night, the Pelagianism Mm. that has entered the church. Pelagianism says, 
I got to earn my own salvation. Yeah. And that's heresy. Yeah. And if you're not a Pelagianist, you're a Neo-Pelagianist, meaning that God does 50% and I do 50%. Mm. Heresy. God does it all. I respond to him through faith and works by what he did for me. We are the weak instrument. Exactly, but up. it's all yeah. him, you know, again. Yeah. And so, again, Paul said he had no fear of damnation. That wasn't what he fired, yeah. you know. And so, but it can be a prideful thing. Oh, I'm not afraid because, you know, of course God's going to keep me. No, no, are you kidding me? God could look at me and say, literally, Larry, you need to be damned. And that would be just. Mm, it would right. just be just. I'm a selfish, miserable human being sometimes. But he knew that, and he took my sin upon himself, and he died. And so that's why when I look at a crucifix, it's like, thank you, Lord, for yeah. dying for me. That we live this life of joy because someone took my sins and paid for them. And, you know, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. Mm. But you ask 99% Catholics, they won't say that. Mm -hmm. no. And that's the thing. No, no, I got to go to Mass so I can go to heaven, or I got to do this. Well, yeah. that ain't what Jesus taught. Why don't we mm. back to this? And again, uh, we have to always keep it in context of the tradition of the church, the catechism of the church, the teaching of the church, and it all talks about we're saved by grace. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like. But again, right. without that relationship, though, all of that catechesis and all of that knowledge doesn't mean doesn't anything. mean squat. Again, the devil knows it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, the devil quotes scripture as Jesus. You know, when he was confronted, here's the devil quoting scripture to the Son of God. Right. You know, and uh, then. Someone who was the word took it. And that's what I always tell people about how to deal with temptation in their life, especially men with sexual temptation. They say, Father, you know, we tell people all the time, you just got to stop. Be strong. Stop. And it's like, I, I think I've heard this, Father. I know I'm trying. It's not working. Yeah. And so I says, then how do you deal with temptation? Go back to how Jesus dealt with temptation. Mm -hmm. How did Jesus deal with temptation? First, he knew who he was. It was right in Mark chapter 1, verse 11, where God the Father says, You are my beloved Son, and I'm pleased with you. So when we go to pray, because Christ lives inside of us, God always starts with, You are my son, you are my daughter, and I'm pleased with you. And what do we do? Oh, no, you can't be pleased with me because I'm a sinner. I have all these bad thoughts. I'm doing this. I'm fair. And he says, Well, again, why do you look at you and not me when you come to prayer. And so when we go to pray, we got to make sure we're looking at God. And then we listen to what he says. Again, I'm sure you heard it. God knows our sin, but he calls us by our name. The devil knows our name, but he calls us by our sin. So what do we call ourselves by? Do we call ourselves by what the devil calls us? Or do we call ourselves by what God calls us? So Jesus knew who he was. And then it says, the spirit led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So, the spirit of the living God is the power of God, the dynamite of God who lives inside of us. He will be with us when we're being tempted mm -hmm. because he lives inside of us. Again, he's not out there somewhere. He's here. Right. So the spirit leads us. And then when the devil starts to confront us with temptation, what do we do? Knowing that God lives inside us, knowing who we are, he took the word of God and he shoved it down the devil's throat and the devil ran. So, if we know who we are, if we know that God lives inside of us, and then I tell people, just go whatever your uh, sin you struggle with, pride, arrogance, lust, adultery, whatever it is, put it in Google and find out scripture verses that deal with that. Memorize one or two of those verses. Every time you're being tempted, shh. 
shove it down the devil's throat. Yes. And he will win, he will run, and you will be victorious. Mm. Why? Because mm. this is the way Jesus did it. We're not looking at what saint, this is what this saint said, this is what this one says, this is what they said on this TV show. What did Jesus do? Mm. That's how you're going to be victorious. Yeah. Okay, Father, shut up. No, mm. I'm just saying this again. How can you argue with what Christ himself there did? So would you say the mission to, for the church <clears throat> is to help people to know that God the Father absolutely loves them. Yes. That Jesus on that cross loves you so much he would do it all for you. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us to become a saint so we can be saved. Absolutely. I, I mean, Remember Paul says, I will preach nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the crucified Christ is, this is how God loves us. Mm. It's his love that transforms us. That's the mission of the church. Absolutely. To bring, to yeah. bring forth the salvation of the world. Yeah, and well. do it in truth. But again, when they sit there and when people say, I'm only speaking truth, Father. Mm. I go, what's the ultimate truth? Well, I don't know. God is love. So why don't you speak in that truth? Mm -hmm. Why don't you speak the fullness of truth instead of your little pocket that only turns people away from God? Yeah. And again... In 33 years of priesthood, half of my priesthood in the beginning was just hitting people over the head with a going against sin. Mm -hmm. And people loved that mm -hmm. because it we made them... hear it. Exactly, the but, it, but that was not the fullness of truth. Right. And so as I get older and I get to know Jesus more and he just works on my own heart, is that what I've taught you? I can, in 60, soon be 63 years, I can never ever say I ever had an experience where I went to prayer and God beat me mm. or God was harsh on me. He's only been loving with me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. because of that, of me and the experience of all these years, and that's in me and sin and everything else, what saved me and has continued to save me is that he loves me so now I can be set free and repent and do his will mm -hmm. because again if the only thing i do is yes god i'm afraid don't send me to hell yeah i don't want to be with a god forever where all as i am is afraid imperfect contrition you know yeah. you know like yeah. okay i uh, i'm afraid okay uh, i don't really want to be with you but i won't sin because i don't want to go to hell and then feel that way forever right you know that's not living no and that it is imperfect contrition which is enough but you know even during COVID, it came out and you know the, the, the teaching of the church is even mortal sin can be forgiven if you have perfect contrition as opposed to imperfect contrition without confession. Mm -hmm. And people went nuts with that mm -hmm. because, well, no, that's not what we've been taught. I know, but that's the official teaching. And so everybody, we had to put all this stuff out. But I said, but you see, the only way you can be forgiven is with perfect contrition because you hurt God or you hurt your relationship. Not, imperfect contrition will not get you forgiven of your mortal sins right. apart from confession. And so it's like, huh? Well, where is that father? And so I would say, here's it in the catechism. Because I, when the church came out and started teaching, I go, is that really official teaching of the church? Right. And then I went and looked it up and go, holy cow! <laughs> you know, so again, there's just like, yeah. wow, okay. You got to go deeper but even like with me is i just got with what i was taught and you don't get taught everything right. you know of course you sure. have to continue to grow so it's kind of like whoa well that even makes god even greater because i was always we've always been taught i'm guessing you always been taught that if you're if you're driving and you get in a car accident and you're dying and you say god i'm sorry right. that's enough to get you to heaven right. you know because god is present there god is beyond all the, and I always say, say yeah, excuse sure. me, God is a lot bigger than we are. Oh, yeah.